Hello, and welcome to Talking Dad UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. You can follow the podcast at Talking Dad UK One on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Talking Dad UK on YouTube. Talking Dad UK at gmail.com. If you want to contact the podcast, interested in becoming a guest, got any stories to share with us, or some feedback, you can support the podcast at Talking Dad UK at Kofi.com where you'll see some short blog posts that are only available on the Kofi page. Um, you can support the podcast, some small donations, one-off donations. It'll be much appreciated in helping improve the podcast in the future. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Yeah, it was there. Uh, and then obviously we've just been following each other and back and forward and yeah. sort of commenting over. I've been listening to... I think I've pretty much caught upon all of yours now, all your episodes um, on your pod. So, Any good, feedback? Good, yeah, good stuff. I like it. Enjoy yeah, it. Is that right? It's funny because yeah. like, I don't really get to talk to many people who actually listen to it who I'm not mates with or aren't family. Like my mum has to like it. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. She does say we swear too much. but <laughs> Well, no, that's fine. Yeah. At one point. I had a little bit of time off and I was decorating the hallway and I had you on in the background and it got to the end of your episode where was it your brother said um, he was quite, he's quite gotten into Coldplay and you just ended the episode with fuck off and it just ended. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I was just laughing to myself in the hall when my wife didn't know I heard someone else talking about um, Coldplay a little while ago. Do you listen to um, um, Scroobius Pip? He does a podcast yeah. so he was explaining how when he used to work in hmv he would get really annoyed at people coming in and buying james blunt or dido because it was just real bland annoying stuff and there's so much good stuff out there and you just get really wound up like why aren't you listening to this why are you buying that crap yeah and his mate took him to one side and he went mate stuff like dido james blunt coldplay it's music for people who don't like music <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's really true on especially on like Coldplay and that sort of stuff you know so yeah I've never managed to get into that band I'm nah, not, not not a big fan um, I think I, I said to my brother I don't know if you heard it on the podcast or not but yeah I said to my brother that because I was in I went off to Australia in about well in end of 99 2000 and when I came back Coldplay were a thing like there was no Coldplay yeah, and then when I came back, there was Coldplay, and they were absolutely everywhere. And it just oh, them and Travis. Travis, what a miserable band! Uh, and... <laughs> I messaged you a couple of weeks ago and sort of said what the running order might be in this sort of pod because I know yeah. we've got quite a bit to cover. And we said we'll go in with the dad stuff first and the family yeah. life, and then we'll do the music and pod stuff at the end. And I might split them up, and we'll use a part two yeah. of a music episode of one of mine. And that's just gone out the window straight away, isn't it? Wow. That's <laughs> Sorry, we can just we we can carry on with the um, music chat now if you want, or we can <laughs> we can edit these things, you know. That's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll. Uh, it just gives myself more work to do. I do it every single time. I try yeah. and plan it, and it never works. And then the beginning the fun for me is like the whole like joining things up. Like I might say something to my brother that like later on which i should have said half an hour ago and i can just cut it out and move it in and make it yeah. seamless and it's all part of telling that story i suppose yeah yeah i've started to be able to do that a bit more as i've gone on and got better at it but the bit i think if i went back and listened to the early ones now the early episodes i wasn't that great at editing really i was still trying right. to teach myself and it was a bit if i, if I listen back i probably think oh god what did you do there you should i thought 
maybe I should remaster them, re-edit them and bring them back out. But who's going to listen? I don't know. So I, I was thinking about that with us because um, obviously, so the, the first couple we put out was literally a few days after I texted my brother and said, do you want to do a podcast? And he was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but yeah, all right. And then like a few days later, we, we've recorded a session and then I put it out a few days after that. And then listening back now, after we've done another 12, it, to me, it seems like a different world, just where we've got a bit more confident in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I think we did an episode about... Um, we did an episode about the album Watch the Throne, Kanye West and Jay-Z. And I've never heard anything other than Gold Digger by Kanye West at yeah. all. It's not my wheelhouse in the slightest. Um, and I absolutely love that album. Sorry, that's a spoiler if anyone's going to go back. Um, I absolutely love that album. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was the best thing I've heard in the last 10 years. Yeah. And then over a weekend, I think I listened to about six Kanye West albums, all the ones that have followed on from yeah. that. So I didn't go back to like the college dropout and all that early stuff. Yeah. But, and mind blown. You're a big Kanye fan now. I am now, and my brother just can't believe it because, like, from no Kanye to all the Kanye, yeah, in over a weekend. But it's funny. I said to him, "I don't know how much I like it, but it's just weirdly compelling because it's different to anything else." I don't else. know. It's all, to me, it's those records that came after Watch the Throne, so um, and like my dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, they feel like he's on a bit of a roller coaster of like men of his mental health journey, if you like. I think and it, we're, and we're being dragged along for the ride. I think it definitely coincides, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, marrying a Kardashian. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, I could talk for hours about it and I won't bore you with it, but go back I, and listen to my podcast. Cause I like, I'm, I bring, I'm bringing out all the stops. I'm talking about Salvador Dali. I'm talking about eroticism in his lyrics. I'm talking about, um, using um like orgies and group sex as a metaphor for his relationship with the fans and the media i'm right down there art student wanker bollocks so <laughs> sorry this, I, I, I did listen to it um, oh you did oh, I, cool. I, I was quite surprised actually when you said how much you liked it and how much you liked it as well um considering like my background is I, i'm i think i'm a bit older than you aren't i so yeah. i'm 42 now or nearly 42 yeah um and you definitely look younger than me um <laughs> yeah. But the, um, yeah, so I'm really, my wheelhouse is all that sort of the early 90s grunge scene. So Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, British bands like Therapy, Terrorvision, Manic Street Preachers, early yeah. stuff of the Manics. Yeah. Um, so yeah, rap's never really been part of it. I'd, I'd listened to the early Kanye more than, more so right. than the later stuff. And I think there was a, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, but I think I remember listening to his early stuff, liking it. And he did a few TV shows. And I think, was it, um, it was a TV show called The Saturday Night Thing? You spent Channel 4? Oh, um, I don't know. Quite a few years ago. And he he hosted a couple of them. I think he did a guest slot on there. And he was really funny and entertaining. Right. And, and then he kind of went away with you for a few years. And then he started experimenting with his music. And, and he right. came back a very strange and different person yeah. <laughs> um, to what I'd experienced you know mm -hmm. so only briefly i wasn't a huge fan um but the watch the throne album i listened to just because it was him and jay-z but yeah 
the latest stuff I haven't really right. tried so, much of. Again, as a newcomer to his work, I'd recommend Yay. It's only yeah. seven tracks. It's about twenty-four for song. Uh, sorry, about twenty-four minutes, and it it's really it's quite hard going in places for yeah. such a short album. But I really enjoy. it. I think that's probably my favorite one of his. Now I'd have to go back and try him out because yeah. a couple of my friends like him, and and like I say, they all love his music and what everything yeah. he does. And whoever well, pre-COVID, if we ever met up and we were going out for drinks or something, we met at one of their flats or something, they'd always have him on. And I'd be right. like, oh, this is, I'm not sure if I like this anymore. <laughs> a bit old for it, maybe something like that, or just I don't know, maybe. too many times. Maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised when you, you know, how much you liked that. And enjoyed Mate, that. I was surprised as well, to be honest. I <laughs> thought it's going to be like, I didn't even think, I wasn't looking forward to listening to Watch the Throne for the podcast. And then, yeah. I was, yeah, I was shocked how much I liked it. <laughs> Well, since we're already on music on your yeah. podcast, let's just let's just jump straight into where your podcast starts and how that all comes about. What, what, what's made you decide to start? So on? The, the podcast is, um, is called the Records and Bands Podcast, and inventively we um, talk about records and bands. Uh, I've been wanting to podcast about something for a long time, like maybe eight years. Yeah, like just thinking about it. Like originally, my idea was to um, do a podcast about my real big love, which is like hiking and wild camping and rock climbing and just generally stuff in the outdoors. Um, and I never really found someone I could do that with. And like, I really like I've big prop to you because the way you sometimes just sit behind the mic and do a solo episode, I yeah. find that like I've tried to do that so many times and I just can't can't do it so like big balls on you jamie i think that's really <laughs> impressive like it's 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 so difficult and to be able to just go right i haven't got a guest this week sorry i'm gonna do something I, yeah they're not Massive they're not up. they're not the easiest and most natural to record but no that's I, it I, I figured if i didn't just go for it put something out and see what happens and i'd never do it so yeah but thanks um, yeah no that's right um so then i was like all the way through lockdown didn't bother with zoom at all really i was too busy because i never stopped working at all during the whole the whole pandemic i've been at work as um i work as a gardener and park keeper down in weymouth right. so yeah. i look so i basically look after the the nice places so the yeah. people on further can go and drop their litter brilliant yeah um and it got to the end of uh the vast lockdown so that would have been like the last week in March, I suppose. And my brother wanted to FaceTime um, his his kids FaceTime with my kids and um, they, they play Pokemon and stuff over, over FaceTime and I didn't really get involved. And then we sat down and had a bit of a chat and my wife said, oh, you should record this. Right. You know, because we were just talking about music and laughing about the bands we had seen and having a, having just a crack, basically. Yeah. yeah, just catching up and... There's quite an age difference between me and my brother. There's like eight years. So not only does that mean that like we're into very different music, or we we say that, it turns out we're probably not as different as we originally thought. But the age difference between us now isn't a thing. 42 and 34 yeah. isn't, that, isn't that different. No. But 20 and 12 is. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of felt that there's a few things that I felt because of the age thing, I wasn't around when, for, 
for my brother when we were growing up. I mean, um, tragically, he lost a friend of his to suicide and I really wasn't there for him then right. because I was off. Not because I was like, oh, screw you. I was off yeah. living my life, you know, and you just miss these things, don't yeah. you? you know? yeah. um, and it felt like a good opportunity to reconnect, even, even if it is just shooting shit about records. Yeah. Even if even if something talking about stuff that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, if that can get us talking more regularly again. Um, yeah, so that's really what it was born out of. It is wanting to talk about records and bands with my brother, wanting to spend a bit more time with him, albeit virtual, because we're 200 miles apart as well, you see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and honestly, within, I reckon it was in 10 days of me saying to him, do you want to do a podcast? We had our first episode up. Right. Yeah, that's so, a quick turnaround, though. Um, and the premise of it, I suppose, is that I say to him, Here's a record that I really like. This is a record that I think is brilliant. And if you haven't heard it, you should hear it. There's no reason you, you, should have, you shouldn't hear this. It's brilliant. And then he does the same for me. So I'm giving him loads of stuff from like the early 90s, pretty much. Um, and then he's given me stuff like Jay-Z and Kanye. Yeah. Um, hard Fives, he sent me. That stuff in like the 2000s where I was either abroad or off starting a family and just didn't have time for it yeah. so he's sort of filling in gaps for me i'm filling in gaps for him and that was season one which we've just finished was like record swaps yeah it was a really good listen i enjoyed it thanks and i'm uh slightly younger than your brother so i'm only 30 so right where where his era of music is and his taste i was like a teenager at that time mm-hmm. so that was bang on my my sort of timeline of music and being with my so mates stuff like jamie t jamie t arctic monkeys hard five and i yeah. played that played that album to death and i think they only had one album i'm not sure i've only got the one <laughs> yeah and the other the other record that he gave me which i really liked was um punk and poetry by the king blues i know of them but i'm not yeah. I, i'm not i've not heard too much of mm-hmm. them um and then i suppose so i've i do um I've done some music episodes with a couple of mates of mine who mm-hmm. are, um, you know, in bands or, or yeah. I was in bands with them at school and stuff. Yeah. That might have been the connection. Was that I think it? you did. I think you did an episode. Um, was it Liam? Yes. And I think he said his first gig, he was, he was about 12 and he went to see the offspring at Manchester Off- Apollo. Offspring as a first so gig. So if he was about 12 then, is he the same age as you? Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been, how did he say he was about 12 but anyway the age things matched up i reckon i was at that gig yes and i think that's where i texted you or instagrammed messaged you to say yeah so i reckon i was at that gig yeah that that was the first message yeah because i remember messaging him and saying uh how old were you around yeah that that gig um i can't remember what he said now but i think i was about 18 19 18 i think that that could have been if it was on the ixnay on the ombre tour which I think that record came out in about 96, 97. Because I went to see him then. Yeah, we went up to the gang of us got in a, hired a minibus and went up. And uh, one of my mates threw a whitener out the front. <laughs> it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. He might, maybe he said he was about seven or eight then, eight or nine. That'd be like about that. right then if the age difference is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if I was 18, that's 10 years between yeah. us pretty much. And, his, and one of our other mutual friends' dads took them, which right. I thought I thought it was a great first gig to go and see because Offspring yeah. kind of uh, 
slipped by me a little bit just because of that age. Um, But I've got an older cousin who's probably around your age and and Mm -hmm. he was a big Offspring fan, but but I kind of missed it and was more sort of into Blink-182 and some 41 and all that kind of, you know, pop yeah, punk, so for me, pop skateboard scene type stuff yeah so so there's a gang of us used to go out skating i was terrible at skating they never really got into it like the physical act of skating but i was always hanging around with skateboarders yeah and um you know you'd get skate vids and that there'd always be stuff like i think you'll never your friends are saying there was like operation ivy and stuff and they were all over skate vids and yeah offspring were on them um loads of bands like that but for me like the big three of that sort of 90s punk being Green Day, Offspring, and Rancid. Yeah. Um, but my brother likes the same bands, and but he's come into them from because of the age difference. He come into them with different records. Right. So I can remember my pal giving me a copy of Green Day's Dookie on the school bus, like a week after it came out. But Sam's entry really into Green Day, even though he had heard it through me and our other brother, the first Green Day record he bought was Warning, which right. I think was 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Later um, I yeah. caught up with Green Day a bit later on because yeah. I missed so, it early. And then with Offspring, he would have been that Americana album, which had like Pretty Fly for a White Guy on it. Yeah. Whereas, to be fair with Offspring, for me, it's Smash and not a lot else. Yeah. Smash is an absolute beast of a record. I think it's amazing. The joy for me now is obviously going back onto them uh, over the past maybe, what, five to eight years maybe, mm-hmm. is that they've got a Greatest Hits album out. So I can oh, yeah, yeah. whack that on and listen to everything. And then and then if I like one in particular, I could kind of go back and think, well, what album was it off? And I'll go back yeah. and listen to the album then. Um, uh, I listened to the new one not so long ago. And I thought it, it was all right. It, yeah. But it... it it wasn't smash and then that led us down a bit of a wormhole of you know why do we keep comparing bands work to their best work because not every album they make is going to be smash like you can't just you don't just pull nevermind out your back pocket do you no that's that's true um so uh going forward with our podcast we're taking a little break now um and when we come back to it we're gonna where the first series or the first season was kind of focusing on the differences in our record collections, the yeah. next series is going to focus a bit more on where we line up. So we're going to have episodes. Um, we're going to do like deep dive episodes where we look at the whole careers of artists like Green Day, like Rancid, um, stuff like Bruce Springsteen. We both absolutely love Bruce Springsteen. I think he's one of the most vital and relevant recording artists still going today. Um, I'd love to do a big episode on Neil Young, but I can't find anyone to do that with. I absolutely adore <laughs> Neil Young. Um, and then um, we're also going to do some episodes on what we're calling classic albums. So I've recorded one today with my best mate. We've done um, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Um, but I don't really want to go down the old road of, oh, let's do Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, or let's do... Um, sticky fingers you know or well, like like yeah. if we're going to do a if we're going to do a dylan album we'll do time out of mind from like 96 98 rather than blonde on blonde because i've got nothing I, nothing i say will add to the wealth of experience and knowledge that people have talking about blonde on blonde yeah yeah but time out of mind's a cracking album so let's talk about that one instead yeah you know 
Yeah. And did you mention you were going to do some Johnny Cash as well? Yes, that's right. We're going to do... Um, see, I don't know about you. Do you... Because you've mentioned Johnny Cash before. Yeah. So what sort of stuff is it that you like of Johnny Cash? Um, well, I, pro- I probably started off with uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. And I've, I've got um, a couple of vinyls of, of the live recordings and, mm-hmm. uh, of, of that. and um, Well, like San Qu- Live at San Quentin or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, really good. That's, that's like the Johnny Cash album, isn't it? That, yeah, I would say that's probably where I've started. Um, but then... Once you start with Johnny Cash, you can go anywhere, can't you? Because yeah, he's got albums for everything and it spans such a long time and the Highwaymen and their music. and um... So for me, with Johnny Cash, what really... like I I knew of Johnny Cash, obviously, because you, you, you can't be into any kind of music and not know Johnny Cash. You've got to know Ring of Fire. Yeah. You've got to know Jackson. Um, Five Feet High and Rising is an amazing song. Yeah. You know, how high how high is the water, Mama? It's five feet high and rising, and it's just so simple and yet so effective. Yeah. But for me, what really got me into Johnny Cash was the cover version he did of Sand Garden's "Rusty Cage," which right. was part of the um, American recording series he did uh, from about '94, may have been a bit earlier, but from about '94 until his death, he just worked with Rick Rubin, and yeah. it was pretty much stripped back him and a guitar doing either re-records of songs he'd done previously but wanted to do them in a different arrangement or cover versions it was like the great american songbook almost and yeah obviously yeah. being a big sang garden man to suddenly hear johnny cash doing rusty cage that's not that's not how this works right <laughs> and then yeah. and it'd be good yeah yeah and then a few a few years after that like where when he does um hurt everyone knows hurt by johnny cash uh, yeah which is nine inch nails yeah. nine inch nails that's the trend yeah. Reznor composition you know yeah, yeah. and you listen to the two and you they're not this there's they're not even in the same ballpark yeah yeah and so when we do get to it we're going to do a big we can't we can't do a johnny cash episode there's too much so we're going to try and just, focus on those american recordings yeah i um Quite a few years ago, I, I watched a documentary about the American recordings. And that was where I, I knew of Johnny Cash, listened to bits and pieces, like you say, Ring of Fire. Because um, no, apart from maybe my brother-in-law, people know Johnny Cash, but they're not massive fans of listeners of it. Like my, you know, growing up, I wasn't listening to it. Um, but I watched that documentary and Rick Rubin, um, obviously being a part of it just kind of drew me in and I thought... He's iconic in himself, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, without Rick Rubin, do you get the Beastie Boys? Probably not, probably not. No, I mean, and then he's worked with Slayer, isn't he? And, you know, he's just... He's just one of them kind of maverick type uh, people people in music that you just... He's just got something that whatever he touches is is very interesting and usually good. Yeah, (laughs) I think... I think like those um, American recordings, or certainly the first one that came along at a time where like, he also did the um, Wildflowers Tom Petty album. I mean, everyone does Tom Petty. Tom Petty yeah. is amazing, but but again, and that was stripped back. But it was also around the same time that all like the big artists of the time, so your Nirvanas and your um, Alison Chains and 
Pearl Jam were all doing unplugged sessions on MTV. Yeah. yeah. So I think it kind of captured the mood a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, to be honest, yeah, that's the stuff with Johnny Cash. That's the stuff I love. It's like I'll have the American recordings and the greatest hits. Yeah. That that that'll do me. There's quite a lot of bands actually. Um, where you just think, do you know, a greatest hits will do. I was doing. I did that the other day. I um, surprisingly enough, spoke to somebody last week, week before, and I was wearing a Guns N' Roses T-shirt, which I've had for years, and I listened to them. I've got CDs of them somewhere, <laughs> but uh, don't know where they are now. And uh, I went to go on my phone. I thought, oh, do you know what? Fancy some Guns N' Roses today. I was going somewhere for a drive while I was at work, and I just thought I'll play some Guns N' Roses. And I got nothing actually downloaded on my phone at that time. So. I went back and I was looking at it and I thought, what do I what do I download? Appetite for destruction, destruction. use your illusion. You but then I saw every time. greatest hits and I thought, well, I'll, I'll have the greatest hits and I'll just play the whole lot. <laughs> just out of interest, what's on the greatest hits? So I'm guessing it's like the whole of Appetite plus maybe three or four songs off of the others. Uh, there's quite a few. There's quite a few yeah. off the others. Yeah, um, patience will be on there. Patience, it? Civil War, November Civil Rain, great song. Isn't Civil it? War is yeah. Um, you can keep November rain. I don't mind that. I quite like oh, it. I know like you're trying to get in your wife's knickers or <laughs> on a slow dance at the end of a, at the end of a party or something. Late, late night when it's yeah. uh, the night's coming to an end. It, um, I suppose it's like um, <laughs> well for me that is very reminiscent of school discos that might have been at the, like the erection section at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm lucky, they'll play November rain and I might cop a feel. I, I don't mind it, but I don't mind it because. When I was a kid playing guitar, Slash has that comes in with that brilliant solo, and that, yeah, that was yeah, kind yeah. of all I watched it for, just to see the solo. But then, as I listened to it so many times, I actually now like it. It's one of them things. Um, so I think but, Appetite was probably one of the first records I bought with my own money. Yeah, I'm not claiming to have bought it on the day it came out because I would have been nine. But no, I wouldn't have even been that. When was it? Eighty-seven. If it's eight, 80, I would have been about eighty-six, eighty-seven. Eighty-six, eighty-seven. Yeah, so I'd, I wouldn't have even been 10 years old. And no, no, if anyone who said to you, when I was nine, I bought Appetite for Destruction, they're liars. No. But I remember like not having any, any any CD or not having any music of my own. And then I think I got got Appetite for Destruction on tape. Yeah, I, w- I would have I would have got it third or fourth hand through my uncle, probably. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but have I'm you got not- any brothers or sisters? Uh, I've got a sister, but she's younger than me. She's young, so you're the yeah. you're like me. You're the elder, so I yeah. I had to rely on mates, yeah, to get my music, yeah. So, um, they all know I've been talking to today about Iron Maiden. Like, I moved schools at the end of year eight, so that would have been about east around Eastern ninety two, I think. Right, and I met this kid, and we kind of got chatting. We were both into like guitar music. I was into Guns N' Roses. I liked a bit of Bon Jovi, a bit of Def Leppard, all that sort of stuff. And he was like, and he was big into Iron Maiden. And I think I had heard Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Yeah. And and that was about it. Maybe, maybe Number of the Beast, just kicking around at a yeah. mate's house or something. And he literally, over the next six months, he was like, right, here's Number of the Beast. Here's Peace of Mind. Here's Power Save. And for the next like couple of years, that's, that was it like and, that, and we bonded over that and that was like a real i think as you do when you're the only two people in the whole school who like a band there's no getting in that's in, it yeah in that you know um i did branch out a bit more and i sort of listened started getting more into like the grunge stuff as well whereas leon stayed very much in that like traditional heavy metal vein if yeah, you like yeah 
Um, I don't mean we ever fell out about it, but like, it, 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 I suppose a bit later on when we started going to gigs and I'd say, oh, I'm, we're going to see therapy. Do you want to come? You know, me and, me and a, a few other mates, we're going to see therapy. No, I don't like therapy. And it didn't really help that he was sort of, so Leon was my mate from high school and the people I was going gigging with were mates from college. Right. But Leon didn't come to the college, and yeah. I was trying to include him in the, like, my new friendship group, and that that was really quite difficult. And that yeah. that actually that was probably the biggest strain on that friendship. Yeah, I've of of but, my of my group of friends, I'm probably the the Leon of the group. Right, all, all my mates went to college, and I didn't. So yeah, we, we've got a bigger group of friends now mm-hmm. from school, like after school, that we're all friends. Um, but. A, a good portion of them are, are through my original mates that I was friends with at school right. and I met later. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, I love the onto bits. I hope like, I've had him on the podcast twice now and I always, I literally I stand there and say, mate, I love you. You're the best. <laughs> like, thanks for coming on the podcast. I love you. Stay. I yeah. talk to him like I talk to my brother, yeah. you know, and he's amazing. But without that man, um, well, that boy at the time, um, I would never have heard Sound Garden. And, and what a change that would have been for your life. Well, <laughs> yeah, so basically he would sit of an evening. Um, he had MTV, he had Sky. We didn't have Sky. This is back in the day when no one had Sky, yeah. except for people that had a bit of money, you know. If you yeah. had a bob or two, you had Sky. So Leon got like one of those little like funny bendy microphones for, the, for his computer, right, put yeah. that into a tape deck, held that up to the held the mic up to the telly and would record Headbangers Ball off MTV. Right. And then he'd bring the tape in. And we'd sit and listen, and there was like a run of tracks on one of the tapes. I remember it was um, "Cemetery Gates" by Pantera, "Iron Man" by Black Sabbath, and "Rusty Cage" by Soundgarden. And like, like I can tell you exactly, I was on the road between um, Yarpole and Luston on the school bus. This is in Sleepy Herefordshire. That's exactly where I was. Like at the towards the end of the summer term of year eight, that's the first time I heard "Rusty Cage" by Soundgarden. And, and, and yeah. That's oh, it, like gone. Obviously, it had a huge impact because you remember exactly where you were. Yeah, mate. <laughs> it was like you know they say, "Oh, you remember where where they were where Len- when Lennon was shot or whatever." Yeah. Well, I, you can keep John Lennon because I had Cornell. Like a quick message about podcast merch: Talking Dad Tea, a superior blend of Indian, African, and Sri Lankan teas, perfect for enjoying over a chat with mates. You can order your forty pack of classic tea bags via email talkingdaduk at gmail.com or link in the show notes for the shop merch website and remember talk more and drink tea thank you <laughs> for, for me chris cornell is like the greatest singer vocalist i think he's he's amazing like it, it's really like his death has really impacted me even like i was like 38 when he died and uh, do you remember all that outpouring of grief there was for like david bowie and Prince, because they died quite close to each other, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Now, for me, like the, that same that that the impact that their deaths had on their fans was the same for me when Cornell passed. Yeah, and I don't know if people get it. I don't think Cornell because he wasn't he wasn't a megastar like Bowie, but he was as important to us. To yeah, yeah. You know, and I say us because we were all part of that scene and. I don't know. I think at the time when when Kurt died in '94, 
it didn't impact me as emotionally as Cornell did when I was like 38 in you know a few yeah. years ago it's really weird but yeah. I found myself in the car the other day and just by chance the Nirvana cover of uh, the man who sold the world came on and I just sat in the car weeping right really I just I don't know where it came from I, I was just like it's just that, I never really liked that song yeah <laughs> I said I um I obviously know know of him and, and know mm. of, of Soundgarden, but other than the stuff that gets played on the radio or that comes on Planet Rock, it'd be like um, Black Hole Sun, uh, yeah, uh, um, Rusty Cage, I suppose, yeah. Um, but for me, only, and this is only recently in the past, maybe two or three years, uh, maybe less, and um, I've started listening and watching to uh, his live stuff on. Mm-hmm. YouTube, just him. So his cover of Patience is amazing. That's on my playlist. Um, right. He covered um, Sinead O'Connor. Oh, nothing compared to you. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. So he, 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 and he, and it's that, but when he does it, that's his song. Yeah. It doesn't matter that Prince wrote it and Sinead O'Connor sung it for years because when he sings it, 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 you would never have had to yeah. hear the others because it doesn't. It's just his. And it's I've just... I, I've I've come back. On to listening to him now through that only after obviously he's, he he passed away. Yeah, but what a what a, a vocalist and a talented um, I, um, performer. I think, I think the impact on me of his death is more because, like, I've kind of dealt with like mental health issues and stuff before, or you know, well. Or, I'm, I'm kind of going through them to be honest um i don't want to dwell on it too much um that's probably part of the problem to be honest um but the fact that like when kurt cobain died he was clearly struggling with addiction issues yeah yeah there's a lot and going on around him on all there. the burden of fame that went with him and it was sad um i don't want to say it was unavoidable but you could kind of see it come in yeah um, and obviously we're younger and we don't know the impact. And I don't know what it's like to be a heroin addict. I've never been down that road. I wouldn't want to. I don't wish it on anyone. I think it's horrible. Um, and the same with Lane Staley. I felt that was more of a waste. So he was eating with Alice in Chains. Yeah. He passed away in 2002 from a heroin overdose. But I think he was that he was like in his he was dead in his apartment for like three weeks before anyone found him. And like. Oh, wow the man was just such a unique talent and I, I just felt that was just so wasteful because he'd always like he'd been fighting these issues for so long there are but some then, that, there are some yeah. that are just like on a mission to self-destruct aren't they yes that's they, it. They, they've then, got they've got so much uh uniqueness and talent that they, they've yeah. got to be discovered but once they're discovered these can't handle it and it just inevitably it. ends up being and that I way think with cornell because while he had struggled with depression his whole life the fact that he was able to produce the work i'm not saying that there was never any drugs but he never got strung out like a lot of his peers did yeah um he went through a lot in his early career of like you know that seattle scene was very close-knit and to see all his friends dropping around him must have been really hard but he's been dealing with his like mental health issues but then for them to finally get the better of him that really yeah. struck a chord with me 
when he was and, quite a bit older as well. And yeah, and like you would have thought that you know he's obviously had enough resilience to handle the fame and to get as far along as he did, and he's still creating cool stuff. It just it was just so sad. No, so more sad of a surprise that. that one. Yeah, I, and the fact that I heard it on on Five Live News. Right. Yeah. But I've never heard Tangarden on BBC Radio before, but then they announced his death over the news. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. that's I think the I... fame that doing a Bond theme gets, so it gets you. Yeah. I would have heard it on Planet Rock, yeah. I think. Planet Rock yeah, News, yeah. I was, would have been working around the house at one point, you know, a few years ago, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But was it around similar time at Chester Bennington as well? Yeah, I think, I can't remember, yeah, there, there was a few, I can't remember the, the precise order they went, but that's the Lincoln Park dude, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can hold my hands up and say I shouted abuse at him from the back of London, the story, uh, no, the London Dockins Arena. We saw we saw Lincoln Park, they were supporting Deftones. Right. And, oh, mate, they were terrible. Were they? Oh, they were terrible. I'd, heard that, not... I'd heard that they were quite good live, but... They might have been, they weren't my bag. <laughs> Deftones were cool though. Well, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, it's a long, it's a bloody long way from uh, Hereford down to London. Yeah, you made the trip I mean, special, and then they just weren't that weren't, yeah. weren't good well, enough. To be honest, we weren't going to see them, but it was like, just you know, it's however many miles it is, but it takes so much longer because the roads are so bloody windy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad I'm down on I'm down on the south coast now. You see, so it's right. a bit it's a bit easier. So. <laughs> Yeah, so what sort of um, so I, I obviously I've heard some of your previous episodes before, but um, what sort of um, music or, or what sort of bands from like my era would be like in your record collection then, or would you listen to regularly? You don't really have record collections anymore, do you? <laughs> no, my record collection is so varied because I'm just drawn to the most weirdest and wonderful stuff that I probably mm. would never have listened to as a younger person. Right. And if I can get my hands on it, I'll, I'll nick it and, and yeah. stick it, stick it in the cupboard and it gets dusted off every now and again. That's but, right. um, so like so the, for, the big hitters for me, I suppose like Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Obviously would listen to. Yeah. Um, so would you, would mud honey be on your radar? Probably not. No. no. Um, Alice in Chains. No. I couldn't. I couldn't name you a song of theirs. No. I know who they are. Probably yeah. heard them on the radio, but couldn't tell you a, a song. But I'm not playing. Can I pick the pick the no, name of the band it, that yeah. trip them up? It's, yeah. These are the bands that really get me going. Like, I get really excited to talk yeah. about. Um, there's no. It's it's no fun when I go. I like this band. Do you like this band? You've like, never heard of them. And then it's just me reading off the list of bands that I like. That's so, it. I mean, my... I, oh, I tell you what. I I have heard you talk about your love of motorhead i i am a big motorhead fan so how deep do you go with motorhead so my thing with motorhead was my, my uncle um who, who i get a lot of sort of musical influence from who was a massive metallica uh megadeth slayer all that all the you know, iron maiden so I, I get introduced to that not so much motorhead um mm-hmm. as, as i remember but from listening to that as I grew up and, and following Metallica mainly, I start to, to watch documentaries and listen to them and, and, and they're sort of talking about Motorhead. And obviously, you know of Motorhead and know some of the music, you know Ace of Spades. Um, and that's that Motorhead had a big, big influence on Metallica. Yeah. So then 
well, if I like Metallica, then I need to go back and listen to Motorhead. And that's how I did it. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I just sort of stuck with, with Motorhead. Um, so probably Ace of Spades I listened to, Overkill mm-hmm. I listened to. Um, Orgasmatron. Orgasmatron. So, so the early ones. But then I will flit in and out of the newer stuff. I like right. some of the stuff that Lemmy was... Let me was experimenting really. And yeah, some of the stuff I that saw he... them in Portsmouth, and at one point he got the he got the acoustic guitar out, and I was like, yeah. "Them, what you doing, man? Yeah. That's not what we come for." And he plays yeah. really bluesy. I think it's good whorehouse blues. Whorehouse blues. I like I that. And got the harmonica out. And... Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, I just think he Did was. Did you get to see him? No, I didn't. No. Oh. I've got them tattooed on my leg and I haven't Have been you? to see All them, right. which is... So I'm going to really piss you off now. <laughs> my mate did it as well. He's seen them when he was a kid. Well, in about 96, 97, so like I was saying earlier, that, you know, I started hanging out with like college kids, you know, a slightly different group of friends. But so in that group, there was like me and a couple of lads from college, but our brothers were all in the same year at school as well. Like, uh not the like two years below us so we just hung out all together so it's so if we were going to a gig i'd i'd drive and i'd take my brother and his mate whose brother was my mate yeah so there was that intergenerational mix which is why like with the podcast i didn't have that with my younger brother who i do the podcast with so but anyway so one day dave came up to me he said uh dave's one of the younger lads he said uh do you want to go in uh fancy going to see motorhead I'm like, well, where are they playing? He's like, oh, up in Wolverhampton. So we can, but it's not, it's not really my cup of tea. It's like, I'm not that fast. Like, they're good, but I'm not yeah. really that fast. And he said, yeah, but that means getting on a bit. You kind of, if you get, you've got to take the chance, haven't you? You yeah. know, it's like, you you want you want to be able to say you saw Motorhead, don't you? Really, if you're a proper metalhead, you. Got, but Dave was a big metalhead. He was into yeah. like Metallica, and I never really bothered Metallica and Megadeth and all of that. It was all a bit too much for me. Like, yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So we so we went up to Wolverhampton, and they're amazing. Really? They're so good, and they're the support band called Group Dog Drill. Um, uh-huh. We've mentioned them on the on the pod as well, and they were really good. Um, and then a couple of weeks after that, we went to see Therapy up in Dudley. Do you remember? Do you know Therapy? I don't know. No, they're a really good band from Ireland. Check them out if you yeah. need. Uh, check out Trouble Gum, um, Infernal Love, Semi Detached. That's a real good free album. Or a Best of will do you. Yeah. But that's real, real. It's like I describe them having more wrists than Metallica. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them. But anyway, and then um, so I reckon I saw Motorhead about four times in two years all just off the back of well it might be a last chance not yeah. really that first but that'll do um and then i did when i lived on the isle of Wight the first time i'd gone back to college again to retrain so i was like 25 26 and there was a young lad who was like 17 18 17 he would have been um and he was just sort of like getting into some of the heavier stuff and i said Motorhead are playing in Portsmouth. Do you fancy it? And he's like, "Yeah, all right." So we're, uh, over we went to Portsmouth, and he that's that's when then we got the acoustic out, and I was like, right. oh, you, "Yeah, that side down." I was just meant to blow his ears off, and then he's got the acoustic out. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we, um, me and one of my mates, quite a, a few years ago. I can't remember how long it's been since he died, but maybe around I got maybe around two thousand and 
16, 17 or something it might have been. I think then he passed away in, the, in like the December 2015 and then everyone... Yeah, I think because I think he went 2015, and then every other fucker started going in uh, it, it, 2016. It was a progression. progression but he was wasn't the first it? one. It was yeah. him, and then Bowie. I'm pr- I, I, I'll yeah. quite happily be wrong on that, but that seems familiar. It sounds about right. So it would have been 2015, then probably summertime. Yeah. And um, every now and again, I've I've told this story on one of my episodes, but every now and again, uh, I'll go through a phase of just out of the blue. I think I haven't been to a gig for a while. Let's just have a look who's playing, who's who's on this year or whatever. I had one of them moments and Motorhead were on. They were it was maybe summer and, and Motorhead were playing in the October, November, or, or coming up towards the end of the year. <clears throat> Text me, mate. You fancy going to see Motorhead? Uh yeah, why not? Um, how much is it? Where is it? Blah blah blah. I think it was Birmingham. It wasn't like dirt cheap, but it wasn't. Iron Maiden prices. Right. So um, can I? Can you remember how much it was? Because what I saw them in like 2005 in in Portsmouth, and I think that was about 22 quid. But when we saw them in Wolverhampton in like 97, I don't think I even paid 12 pound. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> I think I bet it's I bet it's 30 quid. Was it? I thought I think maybe around 60 quid. Oh, fucking bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why we, we ummed and ahed a little yeah. bit and we were a bit like, well, it's 60 quid and it's it's in Birmingham, which is further than we would usually go. Yeah. If it was Manchester, Liverpool, we would have probably just done it and, and that was it, got the T-shirt. But um, we'd it's kind a lot of, of money just for the crack, isn't it? Yeah, we'd ummed and ahed a little bit and, and uh, we didn't make a decision and it just came and went. And then within a short few months, it was he, he died. And we were mm. like, one of the things we'd said was, they tour every year. That's one of the things they're known for. We'll just go next year because we'll yeah. plan it a bit better. We'll get something maybe a bit closer to home and we'll make a weekend of it or whatever. And uh, left it at that. And then uh, oh, a few months later, he died and was absolutely oh, gutted. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. a thing similar. Like I have this big issue with ticket prices in festivals, especially, but like uh, just on that seeing why you can um, thing, it's like, I got the opportunity to see um, Mark Lanigan. He was the lead singer in the Screaming Trees, another big band for, for my era. He'd done some duet albums with Isabel Campbell. They, yeah. They're like probably his most commercially successful stuff. Um, um, but yeah, like to me, he's one of those iconic vocalists and creators of the time. And I got the opportunity to go over to Portsmouth to see him. So I got the tickets and paid for the ferry. And then it was like, well, if I get the ferry home that night, I'm going to have to leave the gig at like quarter past 10. So I'm going to end up missing half the gig. So I'll get a hotel as well for the night or be, you know. And I think it was like 140 quid in the end. <laughs> and he was shit. <laughs> and I was really disappointed. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. But had I not gone, I'd be, you know, if I'd not gone because of the money, I'd been forever going, oh, I wish I'd come see Mark Lanigan. Yeah, yeah. But like what gets me nowadays is like the price of tickets and the price of festivals, especially, is that you can't afford to just go for shits and giggles. You can't no. afford to just go and see who's on. So we went, like we had the, we lived on the Isle of Wight. We had the Isle of Wight Festival on our doorstep for the best part of the last decade. We've, we've moved since. Um, but I've got no, I've got no worries about paying 200 quid a ticket when the headliners are, Tom Petty, Pearl Jam, Bruce Springsteen. 
2012 that was and that's fantastic and there was other bands in the day but that's three of my top 20 well it's certainly two of my top 10s and then add petty on there and like i say everyone loves petty so um but like one year the only band i would have watched for the whole of the festival was counting crows and they were on at two o'clock in the afternoon wow yeah so i'm not paying 200 quid for a ticket to see about to watch a band play for at best 45 minutes yeah whereas we used to pay 80 quid for a weekend ticket to reading yeah i'll say it didn't matter that if no one was playing because there was always someone playing so i I saw beastie boys headline in reading i've seen pearl jam headline in reading um bad religion in a tiny little tent i saw foo fighters at two o'clock in the afternoon Wow! On, yeah. on on the main stage at Reading the year before, I saw them headline in a tiny tent. Blink One Eight Two, first band on in, on the Vans Warp tour, eighty quid a ticket. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah. like uh, Manic Street Preachers, Supergrass, Fun Loving Criminals, Rancid, Shelter, um, Frank Black and the Catholics, um, Feeder. I don't like Feeder, but Feeder are on. All those bands were on one day up in Leeds. In about 2003, 2002, 2003. Yeah, you're not getting that now, are you? And, and that was like 80 quid for the weekend ticket. Yeah. I it's think. Like it, it, and the Isle, the Isle of White Festival, I'm going to really shit on it now. The Isle <laughs> of White Festival is the worst for it because the only people that can afford the tickets are the people that want to go and watch Rod Stewart or want <laughs> to go and watch Fleetwood Mac. It's the older generation who have got the money. Yeah, and that, that's why Rod Stewart headlines uh, the White Festival. That's why Fleetwood Mac. That's why Paul McCartney can still get a gig. It's not for us. It's for yeah. our mums and dads to go along and just turn it into that, hasn't they? Yeah, oh, turned it. <laughs> I much prefer these um, smaller independent festivals now. Yeah, I was talking to one of my mates about a festival, like obviously coming out of of COVID and stuff, and there's not too many festivals on this year but definitely next year we're going to look at possibly fitting one in yeah. um now i did i did lead they did leads five or six years on the trot um after we left school and i did one of the years with them um i saw prodigy kings of leon arctic monkeys mm-hmm. i think they were the headliners i think my um, brother was probably there to be honest yeah he used to love going up to leeds like he went it, every year like four years on the trot yeah like mid 2000s i was around eight 18 I would have been yeah. I think um so so I did that with the one 100 quid a ticket maybe something like that 120 yeah. uh, for but, the weekend but now you're looking at what probably about 300 are they yeah oh easy yeah I mean um, I, think, I think I was looking at something for um I think we got camp best because I'm in Dorset now we got camp festival which is like the smaller version of what was the best of all yeah and there's not a lot of people playing and i think that's like nearly 200 quid a ticket yeah it's it's, it's crazy it gets money, too much like. in it yeah so like, we we were sort so of that's saying, a ticket for me yeah. ticket for my wife all right the kids free but that's like even let's say it's 200 quid that's 400 quid before i've even put any petrol in the car yeah it's your Whereas, holiday for the year isn't it it's well, it's not mine because I don't spend money on holiday. We'll come on. Well, I'm sure we'll come on to this later. I take my kids down to Dartmoor and we go and camp on the hills for nothing. Oh, that sounds ace. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I like these smaller independent festivals. Like we used to go to one on the Isle of Wight called Rhythm Tree. Right. And it was always billed as like a, a world music thing. But it's mainly it was like unsigned bands and a bit of weird stuff. Yeah. So you'd watch like this um, Americana band from um, Southampton who were like, banjo double bass 
and guitar and, and a drummer or whatever, you know, and they were really cool. They were the paper trains. I give them a shout out because they were really good. There was another band who I best describe as carnival music. They're right. called Tankers the Henge. Um, they've That's had rude. a couple of singles played, but again, but this is it. It's that sort of unsigned band, and you. But it was like seventy quid for a ticket for the whole weekend. But that's it. You can you, afford that. Yeah, and you're going to find something that's around your. You know, you, yeah. being live music anyway, you sort of enjoy most things, won't you? That's it. Yeah, and um, a couple of other good ones. Um, I've been made aware of. There's um, it's been cancelled again for this year. It's a rebellion. Um, up in uh, I think it's up in Morecambe or Blackpool, and that's right. like a grassroots underground punk festival. Right. Yeah. So um, Rich Lovell from Terminal Rage, who we've had on our show, he he was supposed to be playing up there this year. Um, and then there's the McKinley um Scar and Punk Festival as well that goes right. on. But there's that's just two out of hundreds of little festivals, smaller ones, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. the ones that need help after the lockdowns and everything. They're the ones that need our support. They're you know these small independent ones that give bands like Elvin and the Angry Barrels. That's my brother's band, but they put on these local local festivals, local bands. It don't cost a lot of money. We can all just we can afford seventy quid to go just for shits and giggles. Yeah, you know. All right, we're not gonna. We might not see the Foo Fighters, but we're gonna have a great weekend. Glastonbury doesn't need any help. It does it doesn't need a government bailout to get over its losses from COVID, does it? You know, let's support support local bands, local festivals, even if it's like a pub in the that puts a punk night on in one of their back rooms. Yeah, go along, give them your money, like yeah. Yeah, that's what we're we're probably going to do for next year. Is is find one of these small because we're all yeah. you know all our circumstances have changed. I've got kids yeah. now. We've all got houses. Some of the others have got kids. Or, you want you know. to, it it yeah. depends whether you're going to take the kids or not. Like because you can. There's so many really good like family friendly like this Riven Tree one. Yeah, it's really good. I, I'm hoping next year I can wangle some time without the kids. Grab my brother and we'll go up to Blackpool and go to Rebellion next year because I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'll probably do. I'll probably just, yeah. you know, you're not paying out that all through the nose for a smaller festival yeah. like that. And you're going to see some good local bands that you might yeah. see in a few years' time making some waves or yeah. something, which is which is great. So, yeah, when the kids are a bit older, I'll take them to yeah. <laughs> get them interested. You into all that punk stuff then? I am kind of. Like the old school punk stuff, because I'm really not. <laughs> it's really, I talk about punk all the time. Yeah. And I really, like for me, it's all that, like, DIY ethos of it that yeah um you know like like they always say like the best camera is the one you've got in your pocket yeah. you know for a photographer and like the the best podcast microphone is the one you've already got you yeah. know just get on and make something and I like that, that, that to me is like the punk spirit yeah like, you know I've got a shitty guitar and a shitty amp but I'm gonna make a racket and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it the best I can it's not like it's shit and that'll do it's like this is the best I can do with what I've got. I don't yeah. need anything else. This yeah. is what I want to create. That's what I love about punk. Yeah. Um, for me, I like. I love the Clash. I love the Damned. You can keep the Sex Pistols. Like Joe Lydon, Johnny Rotten, whatever you want to call him, he's never said anything worthwhile in his whole career <laughs> for me. The man is a joke. You keep that in. I don't care. <laughs> the more he talks, the worse he is. To be honest, yeah, but. Um... Like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind the Sex Pistols um, clash. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Steve Jones is a really good songwriter. You know, I just, I think mean, that bloke's just, yeah, I don't, 
I don't need to listen to the Sex Pistols. I have more fun listening to, I, I think stuff like um, The Replacements, the album Let, Let It Be by The Replacements, um, some of the early REM stuff, it's like, yeah. like that has a, like a real, I call it jangly REM. So stuff like off of uh, Life's Rich Pageant. Um, I've never really listened to them. I was yeah, Fables for the Deconstruction, like really early stuff in like 82 and that. Yeah. That's got real sort of, it's not punk in the same way that the Pistols are punk or the Clash are punk, but it's got that real sort of, um, that, yeah, the, the, that DIY ethos. So that there's a simplicity to it that you think, hang on, I could probably do that. Yeah. Whereas by the time REM get to Automatic for the People, I mean, like Everybody Hurts and Night Swimming, they, they're really good pop songs. Yeah. But they're out of my league. Yeah. But I might be able to... <laughs> I might be able to sort something out, like begin the begin or something like that, you know. It's, and I think it's that accessibility that I like about punk, or that's what punk is for me. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, watching documentaries about it, uh, going back and and looking at you know getting into the podcast side of things and all that sort of DIY stuff and and just mm. create your own thing and just put it out there and don't be afraid to. Just do it, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I, I refer to my podcast as like my shitty little punk podcast. Yeah. Right. One, I'm really quite proud of it. It's not It's not as well produced or it's, the, the sound isn't as good as something, you know, from a major studio. It's never going to be. I record underneath my daughter's bunk bed. Yeah. But I'm not, why wait until I can, you know, I've, I've got, you know, I can make this now and as good as I can make it. Well, that's that's, that's the thing. If we were if we were all waiting until we we had the opportunity to use a studio or we had the money to create our own studio at home, we'd be waiting forever, wouldn't that's we? It. Because we've got other things that we spend that money on that it's never gonna, you know, unless you're uh like one of my mates has done music all the way through school mm-hmm. and college, and his dad and mum were all in bands, so he's got all the kit and he's set himself up at home. He's got a room specifically in his house for recording and producing music. Unless you're that invested in it you know you get swept away with other stuff yeah. like family life kids and work and it becomes yeah. a hobby not, rather than do you not think that's one of the beauties of podcasting as a medium for creating like whether it's chatting about music or um dad stuff or mental health or interviewing some celebrity yeah. like about celebrity bullshit i don't know but the fact is that with podcasting no one can say no to you that's it yeah if you want to make a podcast about pruning the roses in your garden you can make a podcast about pruning roses and someone out there will find it and will love it and will thank you for it and that to me is punk rock yeah that's the amazing part and it's if I if I want to get on the radio, like I haven't got a voice for radio, I haven't got a voice for broadcasting, I haven't got a voice for podcasting, and I disp everywhere. It, you know, I haven't got a face for the telly, I haven't got the skills for, for doing it. If yeah. I go for a job, if I go for a job that means like I have to pass a test of some kind to be allowed to create the thing I want to create, I'm never going to be able to create that thing. Yeah. I have to do it myself. And podcasting is that medium. I've done other stuff. I've done writing and I've made little videos and stuff like that as a, as a creative out there. But I think podcasting is, it's the punk rock of broadcasting, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
you know, as a, as a, as a kid, I used to, I, I played in bands, I played guitar, I used to try and write my own music, I used to write poems, I used to love writing and all that kind of stuff. And as you get older, that all gets watered down because of life just gets in the way, doesn't mm-hmm. it? But this has been a real um, catalyst for, for me being creative again. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes down to, you know, just sitting and having a chat with somebody as a podcast episode or getting into the music conversation or trying to create some little YouTube type clips and editing and, you know, just being creative with even social media and just getting into that side of things as well. I really dislike social media. <laughs> it's like, the amount of, t- amount of time I spend on it, that might come yeah. as a surprise. No, but, I think... So until I started doing this, I, I was on Facebook for ages and but I think I got on, into Facebook or I set my account on Facebook like in like 2007. Like it wasn't, it hadn't been here long. It hadn't been available for us long before I got on there. And then just to watch it change and mutate yeah. and... Like it, it was fun to start off with because I could just get on there and say hello to my mate who was in New Zealand. It was always funny that Steve, Steve who lives in Wellington, was always the first person to wish me happy birthday because yeah. he'd be up, like because of the time difference, he'd wish me happy birthday, and I'd be it'd be like he'd wait till the time difference was like one minute past midnight. He and that was and that was and that was funny. Yeah, that 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 was that was the joy of it. And over the last five or six years the joy of it's just any joy and it's just gone and it's just metastasized into this horrible cancer of society and i deleted my facebook account and the only reason i have facebook now is i had to set up i had to go back onto facebook to set up the page for the podcast so my brother can manage that to then make my brother an admin yeah that you know and like if and to be honest I don't get a lot of engagement on Facebook. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, and to con- contradict myself, I really enjoy doing Instagram. Same fucking company. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's mental. Like, but I really enjoy. It's it's a different. It's a different place. Like, it's it, it is. It is different. I mean, I um, I rarely use my own personal accounts now on social media, just because I'm on um, the podcast, the Talking Dad UK. Mm-hmm. Um, sites so much um throughout the day you know speaking to people putting my own stuff up updating and blah 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 promoting the po- podcast but I, I very rarely go on my own stuff um but like you say instagram it's still got a little bit of fun to it you yeah. can you can do pictures videos you can put up audio stuff on there whereas facebook is a little bit like we've got a load of these little groups and little societies you can join and we're oh. all campaigning for these this thing and the other and and, and now you can keep it like yeah was, it's it's uh it's lost its way a little bit i think hasn't it um <laughs> but again getting back to that you know i think i was saying about there not being any gatekeepers but i kind of feel that facebook is because you put something out let's say like i've got 60 followers on the facebook page for the podcast if I put something out there, not all of them or not all of the people who like my page will see that post unless I pay Facebook to boost the post. Yeah, that's a tough. That, that Cut is, all of this out of your podcast, man. It's boring shit. Like, it's, yeah, that that is something I, I I haven't quite got my head around that side yeah. of thing. That and how you know somebody on Instagram who wants to flash their ass every day gets mm-hmm. uh, five million people following them and gets all these views, and yet somebody yeah, who's having page a, free, isn't it? Yeah, but 
But then somebody, it's, it's all... somebody's having a genuine conversation about, mm. about you know, for this example, for dads or mm. whatever, mental health struggles and that doesn't get anywhere near it. Do you know what I mean? It's no. just a crazy thing, but I don't know if so that's... One of the things that I hate, I really hate on Instagram and I found it, I found it with... So on on Instagram, it's a bot. So you yeah. put a post out to say new podcast episode is ready. Okay. And then within seconds, it's like, oh, DM us to promote, DM us to promote. I'm sorry, yeah. fuck off, delete, delete, delete. Yeah. But I've found in the past, I've done like blogs and stuff on, um, like I've had various websites. I've always done stuff online. Right. Um, so like I might put, a, I had a, or oh, I've got a um, hiking and outdoors website that I haven't really done much about during lockdown, but we'll come on to this later on, I'm sure. Um, but I might spend two days crafting a well-written blog post about a trip we went on, I don't know, taking my kids up a mountain somewhere. Yeah. I'll put it on Facebook, like here's the link to my article, and someone will click that they've liked it within like 30 seconds. And that's not enough time for them to have clicked through to the link, to have to, read to the read thing, to, yeah. to have an opinion, to text. So what 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 is that evidence of that you see like yeah that you just like that I've done something that, that you don't know what it is I don't know yeah you're not really uh, that interested you just want to be seeing that you've seen it I don't know it's no. difficult it's... yeah so one of the people that I've have a, like one of my um again I you know I'm nearly forty two and should I still have idols I don't know but like um one of the go tos for me is Kevin Smith yeah. Like I think, again, we I know we were saying about you know these people that are present or they they're famous for something else and then they get into podcasting. Yeah. Again, Ke- Kevin Smith was another one where he had, you know made his films. His directing career was going down the toilet because his films were getting less and less successful, and he just decided that oh I'll try this podcasting mark, and that was like two thousand and seven. Yeah. You know, and he's built up this range. He's done about 50 different shows all, you know, in that time. And I just think he's, for me, he's really inspirational. He's basically like, if you have an idea for a thing, go out and make it and then see if you can get some money for it. See if you you can earn you a living, but just have fun making something. And I find him really inspirational. And he's one of those um, like original podcasters. Again, like I say, he's massive. He's yeah. a massive celebrity, but he's still an independent podcaster. Yeah, I was. I think it was him on Scroobius Pip, Distraction Pieces, that yes. I was listening to, and he was talking about <clears throat> being that kid with the idea that yes. wanted to do something, and that was his his film, and yeah. then he just decided to do it and make it, and he was making it well, for himself. I think and... what he says is that he went. Like obviously he was really into movies and like his, his mate would take him to see all these arty films and that. And then they went to see Slacker by Richard Linklater, and which is quite it's a really good film, but it's quite simplistic in yeah. its style. And his reaction to that was this counts. Yeah. Is this does this actually count? Because if this counts, I, I can do that. Yeah, I might yeah. not be able to do Citizen Kane, but I can do that. And that to me, again, going back to it, is punk rock. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. I can't do like Ronnie James Dio vocals and stuff like no, that, no, no. but I could probably shout like 
uh, Devanian from the Dam does. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. And it's if just you, that, make you, it. Just go if, on and make it. Do it. In terms of podcasting, if you sit and watch the old Joe Rogan ones, when they're yeah, you could. We're doing that now. Um, but when we're not doing the new Joe Rogan that everyone no, sees no, that no, gets no, the hundred million pound, hundred million dollar deal, are we? <laughs> There's a few other people that I really like. Um, again, with podcasting, you can really niche down into like real specific areas. So, like, I'll listen to this chap who is in Alaska, and he just talks about climbing in the big mountains in Alaska. Yeah, it's really really cool. There's never there's a uh, podcast over here called the Jam Crack Podcast, and it's this Irish fella, Niall Grimes, and he's really, really cool. And he just puts out a podcast episode about rock climbing when he wants to. He'll meet up with a mate, record an episode, put it out. A couple of months later, there might be another episode. He might have a run where he does six or eight weeks running. You know, he puts out on Instagram, there's an episode up. You can listen to it if you want or yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, I've made a thing and I'm happy with it. Yeah, you know, it's up to you. And I think that's that, really important. Yeah, that's into like what I've done now through having my own podcast and speaking to people on social media and connecting with people, other podcasters and stuff. I listen to their podcast now rather than whatever I was listening to previous, mm-hmm. just because I know they're in a similar position to me and yeah. um, just supporting the the smaller smaller guys basically. Yeah. I mean, it's also just getting like taking notes off each other isn't it it's like uh, is their sound is what's their saying like in comparison to mine yeah you know what can i do different what can i do better you know how can i improve and it's just always taking little hints and cues like there's no point me listening to the peter crouch podcast to try and get any clues or hints into my sound because it's a different world it's a different yeah. game like yeah yeah so like i say earlier like i really admire the ones when like you yourself when you just sit behind the microphone and have a chat you know the, was it the one where about the um you got shafted in the sweeps day yeah yeah just before the euro started yeah so I, I mean that, that was quite a good topic to talk about because yeah. i could i could flow through it a little bit whereas some of the others have tried to do is i just get all self-conscious that's why yeah. i have to wait until so like my ideal podcast to do would be around like uh, the hiking and rock climbing and that sort of thing, but I just haven't got anyone who would do it with me. Yeah, but but yeah. um, what I, what I can do with this is I can I can chop one half up as a regular episode, yeah, as a dad want, chat, and then, and then the second half I can release as a part two slash music yeah. talk, can't we? So yeah, yeah brilliant. Whatever you need. Thank you very much indeed. All right, mate. So just in case you need it, my podcast is record the records and band podcast, and that is recordsandbands.com brilliant there you go it's been great to speak to you yeah brilliant man thank you very much for this i look forward to having you back on our show yeah we'll um nice to speak to you properly in person instead of tapping away on instagram yeah that's it well obviously with the this new age of covid and stuff you can have one zoom meeting with somebody and you feel like you know them don't you that's it um, as well it's like I think as well because like I think we started at a fairly similar time as well. It's going. To, I think I think this this is a, a, a the start of a fruitful relationship going forward. I hope. Yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cool. All right, <laughs> we'll I'll in. give you a shout about um, Motorhead and that then. Yeah, I'll start. I'll rub it in a bit more about how many times I've seen them. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll start researching, brushing up. 
I'll be listening to him now up until we meet again. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. All right. Okay, mate. Hopefully that'll be in the yeah. Hopefully that'll be in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right, mate. All right, but I'll work. I can work around you because you got the little baby. So. Okay. Yeah. All right, mate. Brilliant. Cheers, Jamie. Thank you very Cheers. much for that. See you later. Take it steady. Bye. Bye mate.